1: Zach Wilson. And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle. He's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20. The 10. The 5. Touchdown. Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent
0: round. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio This is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1 And we are going to break down some film This time it is Braxton Berrios The impending free agent wide receiver Slash kick returner for the New York Jets Supposedly, according to reports His agent is seeking $9 million a year Is he worth it? What's his real value to the Jets? What are his strengths and weaknesses? To answer these questions and much more, we take a look at the film with our friend, the host of Blewett's Blitz, the great film show over on YouTube, Mr. Joe Blewett. And Joe, there have been a lot of Jets fans that have said that Berrios is a must keep and that he's essential to Zach Wilson's growth and you don't want to let a good player internally go. So I thought that it would be good to sort of examine exactly what his strengths and weaknesses are and what he brings to this team and how difficult he would be to replace if he were to leave. So let's start with his route running. Now, I think he's a pretty solid route runner, but there have been people that are comparing him to Wes Welker And Julian Edelman and Wayne Corbett, I'm sure you're going to notice a common theme (laughs) there, but the point I'm making is those are guys that were excellent slot receivers. And in the case of Welker, I would argue possibly the best slot receiver of all time. Tell me about Berrios' route running and how would you compare it to the three guys I just mentioned?
1: Yeah, um, and and you know, n- for no reason other than d- their actual play, he he really reminds me of guys, you know, like like uh, Adam Humphreys, Cole Beasley, <laughs> uh, uh, what <with> Scotty Miller, <laughs> you know, like it's it's just you know, like the Wayne Quebec thing is he wear he's he's short, he's white, he's relatively tough, um, and that's the comparison. Like the route running, like he's quick. I haven't seen anything that is astonishing to me. I, I remember. I think his route running like being available for Zach Wilson are like almost like two different things. I think he's really good at, in terms of scramble drill, um, obviously, you know, play breaks down, nothing open. Okay. Find a soft spot in the zone, go to that, the connection with the quarterback, like that's the stuff he's good at. Um, But in terms of his route running, I don't think he's great um, in terms of finding soft spots in the zone. Uh, There was one play last year specifically. I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember there was a zone drop and he was running a out route or a corner route as a, as a part of the jets like most common uh, uh, sail concept flood concept that they run. It's one of their most common concepts. And there was a, it was either the corner or safety who was bailing into, it was either a deep middle or a deep hook or a hook to curl. It was, it was, it was something on that side of the field that he was running to and he could have easily broke underneath of it and got wide open um, on the sideline. And I know you obviously in the offense, you you have to get to certain break points, um, but you can always adjust your route on the fly. Like you don't have to run. Okay. T- t- 10 steps have to cut in on the 10th one off your left foot. Like, yeah, you know, that's, that's the ba- That's the base of the offense. Um, and obviously there's, there's options in there too, but you know, if you can get that eighth step and then put, and then if you stem outside a little bit and push a little more vertical and then break out, if you're getting to the same spot, it's not really that big of a deal. And I remember him instead of undercutting it and getting wide open, he cut directly into a defender and, and I, I did not understand why. So it's not like he's super aware of how he's supposed to get to where he's going to. Um, again, you know, I, I think he makes quick breaks. I think that's, you know, uh, because of his size being, you know, what, five nine one eighty five 185 whatever he, he is. Um, so it's not just because you're short, you're white, and you're quick doesn't mean you're an elite route runner. Like there's a lot more that goes into it in terms of, you know, we we've talked about a million things, million things in route running on this show in terms of getting over your toes and breaking and short striding and releasing. Like there's nothing overly dynamic that he does. And I, I this is more of like a conversation, not really a film thing, but like, I think because he was one of the only decent options, you know, when you're running guys like Ty, Tariq black and, you know, Jeff Smith and Denzel Mims out there the last couple of weeks, because he's targeted so much, that does that really mean he's good. Like it th- th- was Jeremy Curley, you know, 2013, 2014 good because he was the best receiver on a bad team. Um, and a lot of his, you know, and, and we'll get it, We'll get into it later. If not, I'll bring it up. I am going to bring up another point, but no, his, his route running is not. It's not fantastic. I think it's okay. Um, and in terms of the other guys, here, compare, like Wink or Bet and 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 all these guys. You know, uh, uh, Amendola is another one who comes to mind. I don't know why. Um, those guys were like really, really good route runners. Uh, Barrios has not shown that. Um, and he, and he had better hands this year. Like that one catch versus Tampa. But there's a couple times. Uh, Last year was Darnold, where you know he gets open on a scramble drill again. He's good at that, and and he would drop an easy ball. Ball will go through his hands, so it's not like he has elite hands or anything like that either. So um, yeah, I think he was the best of bad option of bad options, and that's why fans are kind of uh, clamoring him for right now because they don't really know, know how to decipher the difference.
0: And Joe, I don't think he has the catch radius of those guys either.
1: Yeah, no, and, and there's like and there's differences too. But like, just because you're small doesn't mean you have great catch radius. Like, like uh, or, or or you have a bad catch radius. Like Elijah Moore is what five ten, and his catch radius is great. Like obviously, mm-hmm. it's not the same as you know, uh, let's say you know, or Denzel Mims, where you can catch anything outside of his frame. Not now with the jet, with the Jets, whatever happened. But like, there's you know, Moore has a great catch radius because it's all relative to size. It's not like Braxton Barreras has like some elite body control, um, leaping ability. Um, you know, uh, the ability to catch one handed, you know, like it's not, it's not, he's not overly fle- flexible in the air. Like I don't see anything that's astonishing with his catch radius, his ability to catch um, the route running. So I don't really know what's so spectacular about him as a receiver. And I I'll, I'll, I'll guess I'll get to the point now we can expand upon it if we want to. Like the thing with, him and a lot of his production, even special teams, like the special teams, the, the kick return touchdown that he got against the Jaguars, like go back and watch that play. Is every single play the same? Is is is, is a play where Josh Cribs or Devin Hester is breaking four tackles to get to get a kick return touchdown the same as Braxton Barrios. You know, seeing a lane, great, but getting like three or four really, really, really good blocks on that play. I, I think it was Tevin Coleman, Bowden, uh, and two other guys who laid a really good blocks and he just ran a straight line and he gets a touchdown, you know, and, and a lot of the production he got at the end of the year was if you, again, you go back and watch, it was much more LaFleur. It was much more, you know, end arounds and screens and sweeps and, and Barrios just ran in for a touchdown, like like a really good example of, of one of them. I don't know if it was an end around or jet sweep. I forget exactly what it was, but they pretty much, you know, uh, put an edge defender as like the conflict and the edge defender, if ever, if everybody, you know, the play works out, well, which it did, you know, they sold it well to the left side. They went back to the right, and the edge defender either has to decide on one guard, uh, expand, guard Zach Wilson. Okay, Barrios runs it in for a touchdown. Um, and if he pinches down and takes Barrios, then Barrios throws it, and that's why Barrios kind of hesitated and looked and looked at Donald. He runs in for a wide open touchdown, and people are losing their minds. Like if he didn't make that play, it would be terrible. Like he made he made expected plays, so um, I feel like his value is he's a backup slot receiver who ideally we get we get what we need this offseason you know whether it be cooper or robinson or you know one of the guys in the draft whatever your, your flavor is you know so you get that guy he's he's in the top three and then you have davis and then you have more and then hopefully you get a tight end or two and then you have michael Carter. so he's what the sixth or seventh option on, on offense ideally for us and we're talking about paying nine million dollars so yeah it's, it's a little bit crazy play like a jet play like a jet
0: Joe, some people have suggested that Braxton Berrios could be the Debo Samuel of this offense. Now, that's not to say he's anywhere near as talented as Debo (laughs) Samuel, but just that he could be sort of that Swiss Army knife. The problem, I think, is that if you look at what Debo Samuel does, he takes carries out of the backfield. He runs advanced routes. He's got size and speed that Berrios doesn't have, so... Really, the Debo Samuel role is unique because only Debo Samuel can do it. I think a lot of times people get confused and think that just because a guy wears many hats that somehow that makes him similar in style to another guy just because that guy also wears many hats. In this case, Berrios does some trick plays and he runs some routes out of the slot primarily, but I don't really see how it's anything close to that If anything, I think that Berrios' game resembles more closely somebody like Antoine randall L. if you remember him from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was a college quarterback at Indiana, came into the NFL, and was a little bit of everything. He was a return man and a pretty good one, had shifty feet. He was a guy that could make some plays in the receiving game. He was never the focal point of the offense. I still think Randall L. was probably a better player overall than what Berrios is, but my point is I think he's much more of a gimmicky gadget guy than a full-time receiver, and it seems like you're saying the same thing.
1: Yeah, we we go from, you know, five, nine white guys to Debo Samuel. It's quite a large, large leap to make. Like Debo Samuel is, is literally one of the most dynamic weapons in the NFL. Like, can can we, can we, can we agree on that? Like the guy is, is what six, one, you know, six foot two fifteen two twenty like a massive dude who legitimately, if you lined him up at running back the entire year, He's easily a 12 13 1400 yard uh um running back. Like he is that talented. Like he can run between the tackles, outside zone, inside zone power. Like he's a legitimate running back. He's a legitimate receiver. So just because Braxton Barrios can take end arounds and jet sweeps and run into wide open end zones does not mean he's Debo Samuel. Like nobody is. Um so yeah, it's just it's it's crazy. And and ideally with the Jets again, that's what, kind of what Elijah Moore. Not, not that's not why only reason he was drafted, but ideally Elijah Moore's taking those reps. It's not Braxton Barrios. so you're looking at a backup slot, backup gadget guy. So it's not like he's the primary gadget guy. Um, and, and listen, like he's much closer to the other guys who, who who have done this in this offense. And obviously, we didn't get to see them. You know, really f- like focused heavy on. It. People are going to go crazy about this, but like he's much. And, and this is really isn't even an overstatement, but people will think it's an overstatement. Um, in that role, in that gadget role, he's a much, much, much closer to Jamison Crowder, Jeff Smith, than he is to Debo Samuel. <laughs> like, let's be honest. Like, Jeff Smith could do that stuff too. And if anything, he could throw the ball because he actually played quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if Barrios actually did or not. Um, but nonetheless, like, he is a very replaceable backup slot receiver and gadget guy. Like, what what special gadgets did he have this season? Like, what highlight plays did he make? Like, and I don't know. I don't know it's not really just about highlight plays. Like, the one highlight I can think of Kick return, blocked well. Some of the touchdowns, blocked really well, schemed really well. Um, the the best play I can remember off the top of my head is the, is the catch um, versus the Bucs, but everybody has nice catches zones once in a while. So, yeah, you're looking at a guy who's definitely not Debo Samuel, who's a backup slot, backup gadget. So, um, yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. And, and especially if you compare him to Crowder and stuff like that. Like, Crowder, when he was coming from, from um, well, now the the commanders, the football team, the Redskins, whatever we're calling them, um, he was a very, very, very good route runner. Just because you're quick does not mean you're good.
0: There's been an argument, too, among people that Berrios may not be as good as some of these guys we've talked about before, putting aside Debo Samuel, obviously, because nothing he could ever do could equal Debo Samuel just because he physically doesn't have the capabilities that Debo Samuel has. But even the guys that we talked about before, Amendola, crebet, Welker, Edelman, people will say well, at this stage of their careers, Edelman hadn't produced that much, or Welker hadn't produced that much, and who's to say Berrios couldn't become those guys? And my counter-argument is that there's nothing that I see in his game that would make me believe that he could ever come close to producing at a level those guys have. I know you agree with me, Joe, so can you explain a little bit about why? Because that seems to be a common theme. How do you know Braxton Berrios can't turn into one of these guys?
1: How do you know Mims can? How do you know Jeff Smith can? <laughs> you know, <laughs> how do you know Vincent Smith can? Like, how do you know that guy three in NFL Draft twenty twenty two can? Like, that's such a weak argument in terms of oh we don't know what he can become. So so why can't you know, why can't those other guys? Like, it, there's again there's no tangible evidence that we've seen that when he comes in, he dominates. Like it's – and again, it, being a focal point of an offense um, because there's no other options and getting schemed open is very much different than you running routes, um, you know, breaking off of, of press coverage, getting bracketed, getting coned, or, you know, whatever it is, and, and finding targets. Like he's just there's – nothing, there's nothing that points – in that direction. Um, you know, why, why couldn't Jeremy Curley be the next Wayne Corbett? Like he got plenty of catches because he was on a terrible team with, with whoever was out there. I don't remember with, with Jeremy Curley. That's a forgettable. Those got Chad Shillings and stuff. I, I forget, but like, why wasn't Jeremy Curley that then? Like he got plenty of opportunities. Like there's three for, for every example you want to say of, you know, guy X becoming this after year what he's, and he's 26 years old, right? So this is year three or four for him. Um, so he's going to suddenly develop into a, into a stud slot guy at, at 27 year five of the NFL. Um, I just, I just don't, I I get it. I get again, that when you're, he's the only thing you see, you're going to overvalue that just like people, Jets fans tend to overvalue pretty much everything, you know, bless on Austin called that one got cut. Uh, Quincy, Quincy Williams. You no, know, again, good waiver wire pickup, but because he makes tackles does not mean he's good. They overvalue him. Like if, if a guy is on the, on the field and just making plays um, people overvalue them. But again, like you said, that there's no tangible evidence to, to to point towards him being so great. Like if he was so great in the beginning of the year and they, and they were seeing this in camp and he deserves $9 million, then, then why was he getting, you know, very little reps um, when the guys were healthy? It took, it took many guys going down and Denzel Mims disappointing for him to really um, emerge. I know he impressed in camp and and, and whatever, but he still wasn't a, a focal point of that offense. So um, he's so impressive that the bench, the, the Jets were just, you know, that was their secret weapon on the on on the bench, you know, in, until the Bucks game. Like, what are we talking about,
0: Joe? I've maintained that while it would be nice to keep Braxton Berrios simply because he has found a nice role here. We talked about it, depth at receiver, a nice gadget guy, and obviously. All pro level kick returner And that's somebody mm-hmm. you'd want to keep around But I've also said That he's fairly easily replaceable You could probably get a guy In the mid to late rounds that could come in And do Berrios's job And if Berrios is going to be asking for anything close to $9 million, and to be fair, in a perfect world, he would love $9 million, but eventually he's going to have to come to grips with the fact that no one's going to come even close to paying him that and probably settle for significantly less. But if he's going to demand much more money than he's worth, then you could easily find somebody to do that job in the draft, and it really wouldn't be that tough of a challenge. You think that's a fair statement?
1: So the only thing I'll differ on with that is I don't I don't so his his kick returning and punt returning, while I did say that it is a little bit overrated, like again, when you're when you're just following blocks and running for a touchdown, it's not as as impressive as breaking multiple tackles and, and showing the lead athleticism, like he didn't do that on a Jags touchdown. But he's still a very good and, and reliable kick and punt returner. Um so that's the part I think you're paying for. And and how much is that worth? You know, like like a really good kick returner, it gets what, two, two and a half, three. Let's even be really generous three and a half four million dollars, and in terms of his his slot, his his backup receiver, um backup slot gadget guy potential, like you can find a guy. That's the part where you can find a guy in the fifth sixth round, a guy for two million dollars in free agency. So you're looking at being generous three and a half four million dollars for his special teams value, and that's very generous to be completely honest. And then add on another another two million dollars for what he offers as a backup guy you're looking at a max of like five and a half million dollars. And again, I think that's being generous. Like I, I think he's really like what he's actually worth is probably like four and a half, five million dollars. People think that's crazy, but there are plenty of guys out there who, who could fill his offensive role. So you're, you're paying for a special team. That's really what it is. And then there's those people who are like, Oh, well, who cares? You know, just pay him $9 million, not paying anybody else. Yeah, no overpay overpay now. So when the Jets are actually competing, have to pay people. We can't fit them under the cap because you have Braxton Barry. making $9 million a year. Like what? You know, that's the way we're looking at this is, hey, let's just overpay. And I got that comment on Twitter, like, oh, you know, the same old Jets letting their guys walk and, and not paying. It's like, no, the same old Jets is overpaying players who don't deserve it. A la, you know, Tremaine Johnson, <laughs> you know, Darrell Ravis when he came back, Cromarty when he came back, uh, CJ Mosley, obviously, to a, to a certain extent, even though he's he performed well, but not $17 million worth well. So let's not just overpay guys to overpay guys because we're, we're planning on being somewhere. Uh, in, in in a couple of years, you know, two, three years down the road, we're hoping our, our roster stacked up where that, that four or $5 million difference that we're talking about could have been a guy, you know, LaMarcus Joyner who signed for a, a near vet minimum, a, a Tevin Coleman with, with Joyner and another guy like we could, we could literally for that difference that people are talking about, Oh, just pay Barrios. That's what the Jets signed for. Again, LaMarcus Joyner went down early, Tevin Coleman and Vinnie Curry went down early. Like that's, that's three legitimate role players on a team that could be, you know, competing. So don't just overpay to overpay.
0: Joe, the other thing I would say about Berrios's punt and kick return abilities is that, yes, they certainly are worth keeping around, and he is one of the best in the league, but we have seen Brant Boyer in his system groom other talents to be at this level. We saw it with Andre Roberts, and when he left, he didn't really light the world on fire going to Buffalo. So I'm not sure that Berrios would be as good in another system, even just doing punt and kick returns. And I'm not entirely convinced that the Jets couldn't build up somebody to at least be somewhat close to as good as Berrios in that respect.
1: Yeah, no, and, and that's kind of what I brought up before. Like, like I, you know like what is an all pro like you know like I, I i get he he went there and he got or he got that award um but with that being said like i said the wars game just go watch it like i'm not i'm not breaking ground here like this is high like this is highlight worthy film breakdown you could do like just go watch how easily that was blocked up and he ran in a straight line and followed it like it was again he didn't break three four tackles so and and brant boyer is a very very good special teams coach so like you said if you get a guy who's capable, I'm sure you can coach him up. Andre Roberts was—he was—he definitely had a, somewhat of a resume coming to the Jets. Um, so I will say that. But like you said, since he's since he's left, he hasn't let the world on fire with the Jets. He was very, very good. That's what, what got him paid. And I believe with the Jets, he also made a Pro Bowl, right? And that, I know, Pro Bowl doesn't really matter, but still, um, yeah, he's he's a he's a he's a good returner because of his reliability. You know, doesn't drop balls. No know, knows when to to let it uh, bounce into the red zone. So he's more like reliable um, than like just really star studded. Like we've seen guys, you know, drop plenty of, of kick and punt returns and, and things like that, or, or pick the wrong hole or, or return it when they're not supposed to return it. So um, I think he's reliable and very solid. I don't think he's some elite, you know, Josh Cribs, Devin Hester, Cordell Patterson level kicker, punt return. like he's nowhere near that level. So while very good again, it, it, you know, now we're getting to the very good level and, and kind of uh, putting some of that, uh, not blame, but but getting some of that credit to Brant Boyer. Like, what what is he worth on special teams? Like, if 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 you were just on a special teams player, are we paying him two and a half, three million dollars? You know, and then again, special t- and plus the 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 backup slot, you can get a backup slot that's that those that, 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 that Barrios does for a million and a half dollars, like legitimately. And I'm not trying to shit on the guy, but we've we've gotten crazy with their Barrios stuff because I remember initially, like a couple months ago, when you we are talking about signing Barrios, like on the stream, people were saying like you know five million dollars, but no, is way too high. But like now that you know he had a couple more catches and he produced a little bit in 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 the last couple of weeks of the season where he did nothing spectacular. Now he's worth an extra five million dollars and people are you know there's crazy people out there who pay him for eleven. Like it just it, it is wild right now.
0: Joe, what would you say? Five million dollars max. Five and a half. I'll I'll be generous and give him a half million
1: dollars. Just <laughs> not to piss up on of Jets fans off. But again, I, I feel his real value is is like four and a half million dollars so i'll give a million overpay because it's not my money if it was my money it would be a lot different um but yeah five five and a half you know anything over that it's just it's just not worth it you know go go and sign you know uh who's the guy from like uh, isaiah mckenzie maybe he could do what he i don't know if he's special teams guy but like that's the set that you know and he's even a better gadget guy than uh barrio says give, give him five six million dollars maybe he can return some some kicks and punts i just i, I just think you can you can get f- far more talent for for nine million um dollars we're looking at like and, and i don't necessarily love this player um because of his like his attitude and some stuff like that and i know he was injured last year but like well it wasn't juju smith schuster signed up for like eight nine million dollars last year and like we're talking about a receiver who in his first couple of years was putting up a legitimate catch numbers legitimate yardage and and he got paid what you're were. We're, we're, we're trying to pay Barrios for again mainly his special teams value because his offensive stuff is replaceable it's just it's just not worth the price
0: Joe Blewitt the host of Blewett's Splits over with Jets X Factor thanks so much for coming on and breaking down Brexton Barrios with me really appreciate it I know you've got a lot of great videos coming up and you've got a bunch that people can see right now if they subscribe so make sure that you follow Joe on Twitter at JoeRB31. And subscribe to watch his full videos. We're not talking about 10, 15-minute videos. We're talking like three hours. So if you want everything, (laughs) you got to subscribe. Make sure you check out... The preview's on Twitter, though, and it'll give you a good idea of what you're in store for if you get the full three hours. Also, check out what we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some really good videos up, including one on Kayvon Thibodeau, the outstanding edge rusher out of Oregon. Just how good is he? How talented is he? Would he be a home run if he slides to the Jets at number four and they pick him there? Get those answers and much more right now We've got a video up on the YouTube channel Watch the videos and subscribe if you haven't already Check out our store at TeePublic.com That's TeePublic.com We've got the John Franklin Myers Quentin Williams Bless You Thank You shirt The Zach Says Go Long shirt The Zach the Ripper shirt The Play Like a Jet logo shirt Caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there TeePublic.com, that's TeePublic.com And give us a 5 star review for the podcast on iTunes If you haven't done that already Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets' podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's PlayLikeAJetDigital and PlayLikeAJet.com.